Hello, and welcome to the Wild Blue Podcast, perspectives on aviation lives, lifestyles, and business. Hello, everyone. Todd Minton here uh, with Chris Kirk uh, for the Wild Blue Podcast, perspectives on aviation lives, lifestyles, and business. Chris, uh, welcome today. Good to see you Thanks, again. Todd. I thought today I, I've been wanting to talk a little bit about what it costs to own an aircraft, what uh, budgeting and maintenance. A lot of people, I think, uh, are very concerned about the uh, direct operating cost, but there's indirect operating cost. And, and I know from knowing you for a long time, you're very detail-oriented and you keep excellent records as, as far as your aircraft. and. And I thought maybe you could add a little perspective on what it costs to actually own and operate an aircraft. You want to talk about that today? Sure. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that that we both have seen over the years is that people will get into an airplane and not really have um, much idea of what it's going to cost them to own. And then they end up having a bad ownership experience because they weren't anticipating a lot of these costs. Because, you know, you can, especially with today's airplanes, you know, you can get into a $250,000 airplane that, if it were still being built, might be nearly a million-dollar airplane. And so people have it in their minds, well, it's a $250,000 airplane or whatever that number may be. So uh, that's kind of the way it's maintained. Well, it really is going to be maintained more like a million-dollar airplane. And so that's when they get to be surprised. Yeah. You know, like you take some of the older twin Cessnas, yes. maybe some of the older Mirages and Malibus. You know, you can pick them up for a, a, a very reasonable price. Uh, you know, all things considered. Especially considering their performance and what they yeah. do for you. Yeah, it seems inexpensive to buy, but go on. No, yeah, yeah I, I agree. And so you got, uh, you know, you got all these extra costs and people don't think about that. And then I, one of the things that, you know, you and I talk about a lot, we talk about in the company a lot, is we want to try to keep people from having a bad ownership experience. Yeah. And a lot of times that ownership experience is bad really because they just didn't do their own homework and they didn't find out about enough stuff or they didn't ask the right questions or, you know, surely somebody else could have told them about it. But, you know, hey, let's, let's be uh, real here. It always comes right down to you. You need to be the one that's asking those questions and going into the situation with your eyes wide open. Well, that's, that's why I was interested in talking about this topic because I do think that uh, this could open some people's eyes. Uh, and I'll be honest first off there are clearly some people and to a degree I fit in this category where uh, I have a a broad understanding of what it costs me to own my aircraft but uh, I don't track that cost down to the penny almost almost like a person owns a, a boat or something like that you know it brings mm-hmm. you pleasure my aircraft is an RV8 it's not really a classic business aircraft not to say that I can't and don't use it for some business because I do, but uh, for the most part, it's a lot more fun. Uh, a lot of our listeners, however, probably do use their aircraft for at least some business, or they may be of the mindset that they want to understand where the costs are and where where how to track and develop those costs, because that's another aspect of this. You know, uh, we understand that a higher time engine is of less value than a lower time engine on a given aircraft, but what we may not understand is, well, how do we reach that number that, uh, what, what determines that? So that's kind of sure. where I thought we... Would... Well, and you're, you're kind of at the luxury right now, this stage in life, where you've got the disposable income to be able to, to pay for these things as they come up. 
But a lot of times people aren't at that position or, like you said, if they're putting in a business, they need to be a little more accurate about tracking it. Or if they're in a partnership, they, they need to you know, have a much better accounting. And so you know, these, you know, these concepts we're, we're talking about here aren't going to be for everyone. But if you like tracking this kind of stuff or you need to track this kind of stuff, and, and I always recommend that you do, if you, especially if you're new getting into it, so that costs, uh, you know, they aren't a surprise when they come up. Right. And always overestimate in aviation. Always overestimate. You know, it's kind of. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the contractor that tells you it's going to be X number of dollars yeah. to do your bathroom, right? And next thing you know, it's 20% or 25% higher. And you and I have talked about on, on how, like, on Beach Talk uh, in aviation, they refer to $1,000 as aircraft monetary units or AMUs, rather, because everything seems to cost at least $1,000, although that's not yeah. completely true. But I think what. Uh, Let's start with some fixed costs first, uh, and and you can run down some of these, and I, or I may bring them up. But uh, insurance and hangar, too, almost you know everybody has those fixed costs. Right. Talk about those for them. Yeah. Well, it's just you know what I do is I set aside a certain amount amount each month, so that uh, I know that it's there when it comes time to write the check. Um, and, and, you know, it's not going to be a surprise. Uh, the hangar uh, actually just gets billed directly to my credit card. So that one's pretty easy. But it's still, you know, still got to be paid. So, um, uh, you know, with insurance rates going up, you need to really plan yes. on it being a little more. Because I think last year my insurance on my airplane was $2,700. Uh, and in my airplane, I'm probably one of the cheapest people on earth to be able to to, uh, to insure. But I still think it's probably going to go up 10 to 20% yep. next year. Yep. So uh, I think just looking at the numbers I wrote down here, I'm setting aside $300 a month right now for insurance. Mm -hmm. You know, And that just gets set aside in the account every month so that when the time comes, I got to write, which is next month, I got to write that check. It doesn't come as a surprise when I'm writing a $3,000 check uh, to the insurance company. The uh, uh, taxes are a little bit of a, uh, that's going to vary from person to person. Mm -hmm. how, how do you arrive? Uh, we're in Missouri. Uh, both Chris and I live in Missouri. The business of uh, Wild Blue Aircraft Sales is in Kansas City, Missouri. But how do you arrive at, uh, at a tax value on a per month basis? Well, in, in Missouri, right, we have personal property taxes. Right. So that's going to be different. Some states don't have personal property. So that's really what I'm talking about here. Uh, the and, and it's kind of weird here because uh, actually I was talking to the tax lady about this the other day from our county. See, uh, the, the business is incorporated in one county. The airplane is located in another. And so it's kind of, the counties tend to fight over this a little bit. Now, the county where the, the business is incorporated and the air, airplane is registered, uh, that it was that tax lady that called me, not the county where the airplane is located. And I asked her, and she says, well, they may call you too, and if they do, we'll just refund what you have to do. Okay. So it's, it's, I think for the county people, it's almost who can get to you first. But uh, it's a, uh, I want to say it's, uh, I don't remember, 5% of the assessed value. Um, you know, the number I use is $285 okay. a month. I set aside $285 a month for property taxes on the airplane. So however that math works out, uh, I know in, in Missouri there's some legislation pending that if the airplane is over, oh geez, I'm trying to remember what it is. It's it's um, 
she was telling me about it, and I knew that it was there. But if it's if it meets certain criteria, there there won't be any personal property tax, or it'll be vastly reduced. So, oh, okay, uh, you know, something. It's I guess it's pending in the legislature. Yeah, right I'll now. have to look into that. I did not realize that. And obviously, we have listeners from around the country, so your tax situation is going to vary. I think the point uh, that Chris is making here, though, is you do need to consider taxes. Uh, and what we've talked about so far, insurance, hangar, and taxes, everybody kind of knows about. Uh, a couple that on the list here that are really hard, a little, well, one is really hard, and that's an annual inspection. Yep. It's how do you how do you come to that number? And I'll tell you, I'm looking at the at Chris's notes, and, and he has $368, not $367 or $369 <laughs> a month. But three hundred sixty-eight dollars. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a round number when you look at it on the annual basis, and then you divide it by twelve, and it comes out to that. I don't remember okay. what it is, but uh, so you know that's probably roughly forty-five hundred dollars a year if I have for annual. Now keep in mind that's just for the base annual cost because I, I know for example my annual this year is going to probably run me nine or ten grand. So uh, we'll talk about that in some of the uh, the hourly stuff, but that's just to cover the base annual and and maybe you know some of the stuff that's going to get me out the door without having to do anything major to the airplane. So is that the way you would recommend people budget it? I mean, or is it just uh, you know I, I do, but you know there's probably hundred ways to skin the cat. So if it just kind of depends. Um, I, I like knowing that that money has been set aside. It's it's just kind of to me it's like investing. You know, if I set it aside okay. every month, I never worry about it. If it's the first thing that comes out of my paycheck, I never worry about it. Okay. You know, it comes out of whatever, it's it's there. So uh, that way I know at the end of the year I've got that, what is it, probably $4,500 um, sitting right there. So that's going to cover the base annual, maybe maybe some of the maintenance that goes on. Because I think the base annual rate for my plane runs around $2,500. So then it gives another two grand in there for extra stuff. But I'm also not one to like to defer a lot of things. So, no. um uh, you know, I'd want to have a little bit of extra in there. Now, uh, you know, your next item is one that I don't think a lot of guys think about. Uh, but if you're going to fly your airplane IFR, and probably even if you're flying it VFR, you need to update those databases now. That's uh, yeah. the avionics companies have got us on that. We all love our, our equipment, but, uh, but uh, databases are not inexpensive. No. To uh, upgrade, I see you've got forty-five dollars a month. That... Yeah, and you know, and it's pretty. I mean, my airplane isn't isn't as elaborate as a lot of others are out there. I just, you know, whatever your annual database is, I would, uh, you know, I'd divide that by twelve and make sure you're setting that aside. And don't forget to include. I'm just realizing this, Todd. I don't even think I put it in there. But, you know, I use the Garmin Pilot app. Right. And a lot of guys use ForeFlight, um, but regardless, you got to pay for those. And uh, I don't remember what that is, but, you know, with the IFR version, the America's version that I get, I, I want to say it's close to, was it 200 bucks a year or something like that? Yeah, uh, it depends on the version you use. Even I use ForeFlight, uh, but yes, exactly. And then, which then even brings up things like uh, flight instructor re renewal or for refresher if you have right. a CFI or yeah. even a biennial flight review. I mean, we can go down a real sure. rabbit hole with some of that stuff, but the database is very definitely related to the airplane. Yep. So uh, now... I know, uh, fortunately, both of us uh, at this point don't owe any money on our airplane, but uh, but you've got a, a note for a note there, an aircraft note. Talk yeah. About. Well, if you got a note on the airplane, if you if you owe money on it, if uh, if it's got uh, a loan, you know, you took out a loan, you got to figure that in there too. So, you know, the just to kind of recap, we've got the six items here: the insurance, hangar, annual, 
database subscriptions, taxes, and then whatever your debt service or your note is uh, are on your fixed monthly costs. Yes. And that's just, you know, the airplane's not even moving. Right, right. It's just sitting there. Right. So, uh, and one thing I will throw on on the taxes, too, is, you know, some, some municipalities will have a registration uh, required. You know, True. you go to places and lots of those little stickers on the side of the airplane. Yeah. So, you got to throw that in there, too. I think my airplane used to be in Michigan, and it still has a Michigan sticker oh, yeah. on it. So, okay. I think Michigan may be one of those states that, that does that. So, let's, let's move to the right-hand column. Obviously, our listeners are uh, not able to see the column, but I could describe that Chris has written these in two separate columns. So the next is more the uh, hourly, what, uh, what, you, what you spend depends on how much you fly. Would that be what? what? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the variable costs are very much based on how much you fly. I think, Todd, and that's really a good point. I think that I was, I planned these numbers out at roughly 10 hours a month. So I'm flying 120 hours yeah. a year now. Uh, my plane was down for maintenance for three months earlier this year, but I'm I'm still already at a hundred hours, and I've got uh, another month and a half to go, so yeah. I'm pretty close. I'll tell you that has been a the airplane is really, and of course uh, we've talked about this I think on another podcast. But you used to be in a flying club and used that airplane, but boy, the the addition of your <laughs> airplane to this uh, business has been uh, has been a real asset. I think to the business. Oh, it's been wonderful. So, yeah. uh, and my wife likes it too. So hey, you can't yeah. go wrong there. Yeah, quit bragging. <laughs> uh, so the uh, first thing you have on this side of the, the ledger, so to speak, is an engine and prop reserve. And in your case, you said thirty-eight dollars an hour. And I know you 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 mentioned on a hundred hour a year basis. But how does a how does a person determine that? Uh, how much they think their should propeller or engine would be on a per hour basis. Sure. And what I, what I did on here is there, there's two things you got to keep in mind on engine prop reserve. You, you got to look at your TBO. So whatever the TBO right. is on the engine. And then I never account or, or plan on the engine making it to TBO. Okay. I use 80% as a guide. Okay. So um, I'm hoping the engine makes it to 80% of TBO. And then I also prorate it for the hours the engine already has on it. So, you know, if you are, maybe when you bought your airplane, you've got the money set aside for an engine because you got a high time engine already. Uh, this engine was fairly low time. So I just, I set aside a little bit of money for it already, but then the rest of it, I'm just prorating out. So okay. I think that uh, that $38 an hour is based on maybe, I don't know, 12 or 1300 hours left on the engine. So, uh, uh, you know, I figure out what the, I figured out just a, a general cost. I mean, you, you can't get, too much down in the weeds here because things are going to change. Uh, at general cost uh, for the engine and the prop overhaul, and then what I do is, uh, you know, I, I just I just set that money aside again every month. But at the, end of the, at the end of the year, I throw it into an index fund and I just let it sit there. And that way, oh, I'm, okay. you know, I'm not tempted to touch it or anything. Sure, so it just sits there and and, uh, and hopefully grows. Sure, that's a that's a good idea. Uh, how about uh, you? The next. Uh, line you have up there is hourly maintenance. I don't, I'll explain that one. So I, I know that in addition to the annual, there's going to be other things that go on. And plus there's going to be things I want to do. I Honestly, I've got this padded a little bit because uh, I wanted to be able to do some upgrades, little things. Like I just told you, I bought an all new uh, LED light kit for the right. external lights on the airplane. You know, so that's 2,500 bucks right there. Um, 2.5 AMUs. 2.5 AMUs. That's right. Doesn't sound so bad. Does no. It? Um, 
So, uh, you know, I, I've got that number fairly high because my, my intent was to go into the annual uh, this cycle with around 10 to 12 grand set aside because I knew that on this airplane being the first annual that I've had, it's going to be higher than average. So I, I didn't want to be surprised. I'll probably bump that number down as we see, uh, as we, uh, you know, as we look at what, what happens this year. Well, and I, and I think this is a time to stop and tell people that, that uh, your airplane hadn't flown a lot for several years there prior to you buying it. So when you bought it, I think you were pretty conservative and thinking, well, I'm, I'm taking a level of chance here. You did all your due diligence, but yeah, still everybody knows that's a, that's a, a reputation of airplanes. If they haven't flown a lot, you can run into some things. Fortunately, so far, maybe you're underspending that a little bit, but I don't know, yeah. maybe not. We'll see. We'll see. I think, uh, you know, a couple of service bulletins I wanted to have done and oh, just, yeah. just little things that I, you know, again, I don't like to defer a lot of stuff. Uh, not all of it's necessary, but, uh, so next on the list is consumables. So I assume oil and yeah, just stuff like that. Yep. $10 an hour is probably as good a guess as any really, uh, uh, oil, or, air filters, you know, uh, all that little nickel and dime stuff that gets you over the sure. Year. Upgrades uh, is your next category. Uh, I mean, I don't know if up, uh, so. This this is why I wanted to talk to you about this because see, you're thinking out in these next few areas that we're going to discuss are things that a lot of guys I don't think consider in the cost of operating their airplanes. So this these next few are probably the more interesting, or at least a couple of them are kind of interesting to me. Uh, upgrades. So you're are you uh, advocating putting away a a a little bit of money for future upgrades or what's your thought process well you can see right there i don't actually do that uh, it's just a, it's a category because i plan it on just on, as upgrades come along i'll probably just i'll just pay cash oh, for just, them okay. and just be done with them but especially if you're in a partnership um you know or you've got a lot of things and your your uh cash on hand is, is limited you know maybe you want to set aside 25 or 50 bucks an hour you know, so at the end of the year, yeah. you know, you got like that ADSB mandate or, uh, you know, if you did 50 bucks an hour, uh, that's a lot. But, you know, after a couple of years, you'll have 10, 15,000 bucks. Well, that's there. true. It'd be like a flying club doing an assessment. Yeah. Wouldn't it? Yep. Where, sure. Yeah. And the same thing goes for uh, the paint interior. Right. And that was one I was going to get. That was one I was going to get to that I was like. That I never even really considered, and, and yet you're talking about budgeting a a little bit of money every month to to consider painting. And now some of the guys get an airplane, they know they're going to paint it in the near future because either they don't like the looks or it's rough or whatever. Right. But if 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 you own an airplane for ten or twelve years, eventually you got to start thinking about painting it. So yeah, yep, and it, it depends on how the what the condition is when you buy it, right? So. Uh, you know, in both of our cases, the paint's in pretty darn good shape. Yeah. And so there's, you know, I'm not currently setting anything aside for paint and interior other than, uh, you know, I am taking care of it. And for example, uh, I am having a paint guy come in town and do some touch-up work next month. Okay. And, you know, that's going to, he's giving me a quote, it's going to run me about 2000 bucks because I just don't like the little nicks and chips on the airplane. Uh, I, I like, and the plane looks great otherwise, I, I, I want it to continue looking that way. I figure if I'm going to invest, if I continue to invest in it and keep it in good shape, mm -hmm. then when the time comes to sell, you know, it's not like so many airplanes that we tend to see where uh, the guys have not done anything to them, but yet they're still expecting them to sell for what they did when they first bought it. Right, right. 
and it makes a difference. It definitely does in the appearance. You know that uh, I'll make a little side comment here, say and say that we do in our pictures on our website always try to show those flaws because they are there, and yeah, we want people to know when they're looking at buying an airplane that that is a uh, you know they need to know what they're buying. Now we don't. I tell people we we want it to be what it is, not what we wished it were. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a good. That's a good way to put it. Uh, and of course, fuel that that one is the obvious, easy one. I think that, but it's still you kind of if you budget, if you really said, well, I can only spend like a guy that says I can only spend so much money a year on flying due to other other financial constraints, then uh, he may have to limit the the fuel burn. I guess <laughs> I never thought about that till now, but so yeah, uh, and you know, and actually, Todd, that's a good point because that's what I when I did these numbers originally. Uh, just to kind of get an idea, I, I think roughly I'm planning on this airplane costing me. Um, I have to do the math quickly, but I, I think it works out to be close to two or three thousand bucks a month, uh, just based on my flying. You know, clearly not the cheapest way to go about it. A club or a partnership is certainly cheaper, but I I totally enjoy the single ownership experience yeah. of an airplane. You know, I go out there, my seat's in the same place, and my checklist is in the same place, and there's not crap on the floor, you know, and, uh, and stuff okay, like that. Okay, let's, let's be honest, Chris. <laughs> Here we go. Chris is very uh, meticulous in his maintenance of his aircraft. The next guy that purchases that aircraft sometime down the road is going to get a nice one. Well, anything else on this topic that we could address? I think that we kind of touched on some areas and it's just something to make uh, owners potential owners think uh, so uh, what we leave out any uh, you know there's probably a hundred things you could throw in we got cleaning on there um, I do set aside some money on cleaning um, mainly for cleaning products I, I enjoy going out there occasionally and just cleaning the airplane on my own but sure yeah but uh, also you know if you want to you know, have like one of those ceramic coatings put on your plane or wax job or you know have uh, some serious uh, touch-up done to the interior uh, that's a great way to do it and you know what we could do Todd is uh, I'm gonna make a note of this here real quick but we'll put this on a blog post and just show what these particular uh, categories are that we use and I, I mean is you tell me I mean what what else are we missing there what what else would somebody want to put on there? You know, I, it's interesting because there, there's such a variety, as, as our listeners know, ways to keep your airplane. Uh, some people uh, have an individual hangar. Some people still tie airplanes down or maybe in a shade port. Some people uh, are in a community hangar at an FBO, and that's just one example of, of the, the range of – and then never mind the fact that different parts of the country – we're fortunate to be here in the Midwest where things are pretty low – cost-wise, but for, for you folks that are on the East Coast or West Coast, you know, $700, $800 a month hangar rent is not uncommon. Right. So it's hard to specifically talk about a number for, like in your case, a Piper Saratoga ownership, or in my case, an RB8. It's just, uh, but, uh, you know, what it costs per hour to operate. So you uh, have to do your own research, but I think that, like you're saying with the blog, we could we could give people some ideas on and maybe spur some thought that they otherwise would not have had, uh, you know, like cleaning or something like that. People may not even consider that in their budgeting. Yeah. You know, something else that you may want to do, 
two. I just dawned on me. And I, I'd be interested to hear what, if anybody else has any thoughts. Give us a call or shoot us an email. Uh, the email is planes at flywildblue.com. But um, you may put in a, an amount for charity. Sure. Because you know, sure. uh, a lot of people do things. You know, we're, we're big about the charity thing here. We do a lot of stuff with Challenge Air. Uh, I fly for Angel Flight and uh, encourage all of our, our customers uh, to do the same uh, if, they're, if they're able. But, you know, maybe you set aside a little bit each time so that uh, you have the ability to go out and do something like that once or twice a year. Yeah, there's those pet uh, pet flying, yeah. uh, you know, dog rescue, yeah. things of that nature. There's there's groups that when there's a natural disaster, hurricane, or uh, anything like that, there's a lot of ways that you can put your airplane to use. That almost could be a whole other yeah. topic on, yeah. a, on a separate podcast. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think we've hit the highlights, though, and, and so, uh, again, though, if you have any questions, give us a call, 888-773-4249 or uh, direct number 816-479-2723 at Wild Blue, and I uh, hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Chris, thanks for uh, sharing some of your insight on on what it costs and how you reach these figures on operating your aircraft. Yeah, Todd, thank you. Thanks for putting this one together. Enjoyed it. All right, take care. Thanks for listening to the Wild Blue Podcast. Find us online at flywildblue.com. And don't forget to subscribe and share.